Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or um copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. Happy New Year, everybody. How are you, Maria? How's it going? Bonjour. Well, I was going to say, Feliz Ano Isn't Feliz Ano Right, right, right. <laughs> How are you? This is our first podcast recording of the new year. I can't believe it's been almost a year since we've been doing this, right? Like it is. April. It's almost going year. on a year. It yeah. is. Really excited. I, you know, it's, and again, we're getting always such wonderful feedback from our yep. podcasts of what we're doing. And I'm just glad we started it and that we're doing it. We get to meet amazing, amazing people. Um, we do. Like the, what, I, what I'm going to start calling him as the Willy Wonka of Malasadish. <laughs> we have Steve Shavs with us today. Hi, Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve. How's everyone doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much for being on with us. No problem. It's my pleasure. I really uh, appreciate you reaching out to me and including me in your podcast. I know I've seen some uh-huh. of the pictures. I mean, obviously, I have to go to Toronto real soon. That That's a whole other story. But I mean, because the last time I was there, I don't think Melissa the world was there. Now, tell us about Melissa the world. I mean, this right? is... I, this yeah, is like a dream so, come true. <laughs> well, everybody it's loves Malasadas, right? So, yes. so Malasada the world, we're located about an hour, I would say an hour west of Toronto, down the 401. We're in Cambridge, Ontario. And I guess I can say that the way it came about is I'm a trained chef of uh, 25 years or so, and wow. uh, classically French trained. Uh, I went into school in Toronto, actually, for it, and I apprenticed under some great chefs. And uh, throughout my career, I've been, um, you know, itching to open up my own little venture, my own concept. And I'd say now, probably going back a good 10 years, I started to dream up this concept of having the malasada as the forefront of a fast, casual food concept. And mm-hmm. and I just recently noticed uh, over the last few years a huge trend with the specialty donut concept, mm-hmm. shops coming around. And I said to myself, well, I think now is the time. Malasada is uh, a beautiful, wonderful ethnic product that I'm very proud of, a um, huge part of the Portuguese culture specifically the Azorian and uh, Madeirense culture. And I thought, uh, let's let's give it a try. So we're working hard over here, trying to bring awareness of the Malasada to the non-Portuguese community. And we've been uh, very fortunate and people are embracing us, both the Portuguese and non-Portuguese community. So how long have you been there in Cambridge uh, with uh, Malasada? Mullahsaw the World's been in Cambridge since June the 11th. Uh, we actually opened up on uh, Portugal Day weekend. Portugal Day, I believe, is Very June cool. the 10th. So we opened up on the 11th during the Portugal Day celebrations we had in Cambridge. And you have such a variety of different fillings and flavors. And what were some of the first ones you came up with? And then how have you come up with the recipes or the, the different varieties since then? Yeah, so when I was dreaming up this concept, I noticed that there was a huge following of the Malasada in Hawaii. And that led me to to look at the Malasada and to kind of expand on it a little bit more. So at our shop, I took my training and my skill set from my career, and we... We looked at the malasada and we said, okay, we're going to serve the traditional malasada that I grew up with. And even every, Mm -hmm. it's funny because every home has a little bit of a different twist on the malasada. (laughs) Uh, So I basically kind of took my grandmother's recipe and some of my friends and family's grandmothers. And I took, and I, and I developed kind of 
my own recipe for the traditional malasada. So we do the dough, it's hand-stretched, and it's uh, deep-fried, and it's coated with cinnamon sugar. But then we saw in the Hawaiian market, they're not familiar with the hand-stretched uh, malasada. Like they a, do like a puff style, right? Yeah, it's and, almost like uh, more of a bowl of lean, right? Cause, yeah, cause exactly. Been, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, we noticed that they were doing different fillings and stuff, so we decided to kind of honor a little bit of the Hawaiian traditions where they use tropical fruits. So we do a passion fruit filling, for example. I take a great passion fruit puree, and I combine it with a pastry cream that we make in-house. And um, so that's one of our fillings. We do a dolce de leche filling in the Hawaiian style as well, and we do a chocolate hazelnut at the moment. And we're constantly uh, looking at developing new flavors. Uh, but being open for just seven months, we want to try to provide a consistent familiar product for our people before we start to overwhelm them with a bunch of different flavors. And that's a small shop too. So our main focus is quality opposed to uh, quantity, I would say. Although we do make thousands and thousands of malasadas week uh, after week after week. And then (laughs) I kind of came up with my own spin on what malasadas kind of are going to be moving forward. And we took the malasada as a vessel and we put different toppings on them now. Our Fillings, most, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, our most popular one, as far as the topping one goes, is uh, we actually, we call it a donata. So it's based on the Portuguese custard tart that everybody oh, loves. The pastel donata. I was going to ask about that. Yes, because I saw the picture on your Facebook page. I'm like, that looks like it's a pastel donata, but using the malasada as the cup. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's what we do. So we took the pastry cream filling from the from the nata and we put it on top and we crust it with a little bit of uh, caramelized sugar. So it has the same look and flavor profile as the uh, pastel de nata. Well, I just have to say that that is genius, by the way, <laughs> because that, that, that's amazing. Now, yeah. we're talking about how your grandmother's recipe that you took that as well as other grandmother's recipe. Now, where is your family from? So my family is from Santa Maria, and we have family in the Furnes area and also in Sanspirt, Terras do Repos, to be specific. Okay. And who, who immigrated over? Was it your grandparents so, or your parents? Yeah, no. The first uh, in my specific immediate family, uh, we, my godmother, uh, the oldest uh, sister, my dad's sister, immigrated first. And she actually immigrated to Vancouver. And shortly after, she came down this way to meet uh, other family in the Toronto area and settled in Cambridge. I guess there was more fam- familiar people down this way to them, so they came this way. And then my father followed my grandparents actually came uh, later on, but they came in in and around uh, 1970. So you were born in Canada, or I, you were? Born- I was born in Canada. I'm first generation Canadian. I, yeah, I was born in 73. Oh, we don't need to know your age. No, no age. <laughs> okay. Your ages. But, but I, I just wanted to make sure. I didn't know if you were born there and came over. Yeah. Or- started um or you were born here i just i just want to know so grandparents lived with you and around you so you saw vava making her malasadas your mom doing it so forth and so on and then what brought you to your trade of being uh the 25 years in culinary in well yeah i um i've always had a passion uh for food and for hospitality uh, ever since I was young. And I, like I said, I've, you know, I've always had this around me. Uh, my family cooks really well. I've enjoyed, uh, you know, the family gatherings and the parties and it kind of just fit in uh, with what I was all about. And so I decided to go to culinary school just shortly after high school. And I studied and learned with some pretty uh, top chefs in the Toronto area and in my hometown of Cambridge and in Kitchener. And I just progressively went up the ladder in my career. I went out west. So in Canada, I'm from southern Ontario, close to Toronto, like I mentioned before. Uh, yeah. But then I decided to go out west to uh, Alberta and British Columbia. I lived and worked in Lake Louise. 
uh, for four years. I was a sous chef at Chateau Lake Louise, uh, and then um, came back to Ontario and worked down in the Niagara on the Lake area. And I've just always um, had this passion for food and excelling in my career. And then I looked at uh, doing this venture. And, yeah. Um, what is your What does your family think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, they. It's not necessarily the uh, traditional route to go, right? Usually, most chefs would say, "Okay, I'm opening up a place. I'm going to open up a restaurant." Uh, you know, being from the Portuguese background, this area in Cambridge in particular lacks uh, Portuguese restaurants. But I didn't feel like the area was necessarily ready for a Portuguese restaurant. And I thought to myself, uh, I'm a little bit of, um, so I have the chef training and hospitality training, but I'm also an entrepreneur by spirit. And I really took a lot of time and focus to see what type of food business would work best in my community. And that's what led me to to building this concept. And it's very hard for a restaurant to thrive. Uh, profit margins yeah. yes, are... Absolutely. It's a hard it, life. It, it's, it's a hard life. It's a hard career. But even yeah. still, like the restaurant business itself, as an owner, you know, you'll, you might have the best and most popular restaurant out there, but because of the dynamics and these high costs that are coming up in food and energy costs. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's nearly impossible to, to, you know, to make some, to make some money. So I just thought to myself, I need to come up with a concept that's more focused and, you know, I'm taking a risk because, because it's a niche, but at the same time, there's nothing else like this around, no, which not. brings tons of potential for, for business, uh, like well, we have, I, I think you're opening that door. I mean, by doing that, uh, where you're saying there isn't much of Portuguese restaurants or, or or bakeries or maybe whatever that stuff around you, you're opening that door for people who are not aware of malasadas and what they are to mm-hmm. just uh, to just say, oh, this is fried dough. Oh no no no, no, no this no. is not fried <laughs> dough. You know. Uh-huh. And it's it's funny because before you were saying in taking different recipes from different people and all of that stuff, when I had, when, you know, I wanted to recreate molasadas that my mom would make and my aunt had a completely different recipe than my mom had. My aunt in St. Michael had a completely different recipe than the one of my aunt here. There, they put a shot of moonshine in their recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a type of thing where you, and you are correct, every family has a different twist. Some have lemon in it, some doesn't have lemon, some have yeah. orange zest in it, some don't. Some will not use cinnamon in their melasada, but you know, that's just a sacrilege. I mean, my God, you don't put, it's just sugar. But by by introducing it to people who aren't Portuguese, that kind of goes, oh, okay, if they can do this, I'd like to try something else. Right. So it's, it's, I think as it's a gateway, it really is for, it's a really neat gateway for people to be introduced to our food. Even in Portugal though, things are starting to, become modernized right like yes they have the the, a lot of the traditional foods but there are chefs over there and and pastry chefs over there that are putting a twist on some of the traditional things i mean just this past october we were in portugal and there was a pastel de bacalhau filled with cheese i've never had that before and that's certainly not (laughs) traditional but but oh my gosh was it good you know and um i think you have to evolve with the times in order to attract the the broader audience, right? And you were right, Steve, about this whole kind of designer donut, you know, and designer desserts and people getting creative with things. I think you're totally on the right track. And and sometimes it's a matter of following following your gut. And it clearly your gut said, I'm gonna go this way, despite what people are telling me, I know that this is the way to go. And I think you're right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important with these types of concepts where you're introducing a traditional item 
to a community that's not familiar with it, I think it's important to maintain the integrity of the original item. Mm-hmm. While, and you have that on the menu, which is great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. While, you know, showing something new that can be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, like, you know, it's a little bit like the, you know, quality over quantity. I'm not about sensationalism with food. Like, you know, these guys that uh, build the biggest burger or the biggest hot dog or the biggest donut <laughs> and they can't, you know, right. they can't even stuff it in their face. And it's like, for me, that that, that kind of stuff is not necessary. I like to embellish things, but I like to do it with, you know, with quality, with style, with class and maintaining mm-hmm. the integrity of the product that I grew up with and like many of us grew, grew up with. You know, even I'll give you an example, even the word molasada, I had a very, very big struggle because I was like, OK, so what do I do? Do I use the there's two spellings of molasada, the Portuguese yep. spelling the the traditional way to spell it is with two S's, but you know, and, and I use the one with one S and the reason why I did that is I needed to make the word a little bit more approachable to the North American. I didn't think that it was taking away from it. And at the same time, I think it was just making things more approachable. Um, you know, because malasada is is actually two words put together as one, and that's why they kept the two s's. But um, in the the English pronunciation or the North American pronunciation, it just makes better sense to have the one s. Uh, right. But I but I still stuck with malasada. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't call it uh, uh, you know Tia Maria's fried dough, or I um, I you know no. wanted to call it what it is. Well, and there's also the word fillage, right? But fillage, exactly. you cannot. Americans can't pronounce it. <laughs> I mean, that's no, it's funny is that every time I'll post, let's say I'll post one of my aunt's recipe for malasadas and someone will send me, well, that's not a malasada. That's a figu. I said, no, it's not yeah. a figu. Um, and then someone else goes, oh no, that's a beaver tail. A beaver yeah. tail. What the heck is what that? Is that? <laughs> and then there's someone or else. Oh, no. there's a, it's a dough boy. Uh, it's not a dough boy. So there people have they come up with all of these different names and it's just it's it's just funny to hear people um saying well that's what my mom would call it or that's what my grandmother would mm-hmm. call it so that's what they call it but it it's just i mean the the whole idea of it and of course now i'm thinking of different flavors for you steve i'm sitting yes, here going oh my god what could you do on there cuz i love a salty sweet so yes for sure I would love, like, um, the other day, or, or I should say around here, someone is, besides a donut, that's in Providence. That's the closest one where they have, like, square donuts where they have different stuff on top, whatever. But around where I live, it's a woman who's uh, doing cupcakes differently. So it's, like, different takes on it. And the other day, I had a cupcake with a... Oh my God! It was bacon on top. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but the bacon was like almost like like you put your almonds it with sugar. Like it was um it was caramelized bacon. Like the bacon was yes. I, oh it was my! Like a candy God. bacon almost. It was amazing, and I nice. and I had said to my husband, "Don't get it." But I'm like, "Don't get that. it's ridiculous." <laughs> I'm not going to have a cupcake with bacon on top. But we had it, and I had to go, oh, my God, that is incredible. Because it was the salt that came out of it, the sweet, yeah. and uh, and the different texture, because you had the soft, and then you had crunchy. It was just, sure. it was incredible. So I'm thinking of uh, one of those for the molasada. <laughs> <laughs> We're always trying to dream up new ones, and uh, we roll them out uh about every couple of weeks, we come up with a, a little bit of a different spin or a different mm-hmm. flavor, right? So, you have contests, uh, uh, contests with your um, your customers to see who can come up with the the new molasada. We haven't yet. It's something that we've uh, thought about uh, to you know to kind of uh, 
increased awareness of the shop and stuff like that. So yeah, things like this are, you know, slowly coming out of the woodwork and we're definitely um, on board with the uh, social media rage that's going on right now with Facebook and Instagram. It's awesome. It's doing really well for us, um, reaching out to our customers that way. And it's great to hear people's feedbacks as well. I, I always um, love to ask this question, but uh, I mean, obviously you said your mom and your grand, uh, your family was, were also really good cooks. And uh, is there like a, a dish that, that you just like love that you would want your mom to make for you? Like what is your most favorite dish, Steve? I think that my, my, my most favorite dish uh, that uh, I really enjoy uh, and it is specifically from my mother is um would be braised cow's tongue really and it's a yeah it's a, just a very uh, you know it, it, the preparation is actually uh very complex um, yeah. but the flavors and the ingredients are very simple the cooking method uh it, the braising is my one of my most favorite uh, cooking methods uh low and slow and right. uh, just when you, you know, when you take a, a cut of meat like the tongue, that it just needs a lot of love and attention. And in the end, the result is just 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 this amazing dish that, uh, yeah, brings me a lot of comfort and I enjoy eating it. And it's something that throughout the years as I've been, you know, Working, traveling, uh, working in out west. The times that I would come home, I've been away from the family for a while. That would always be on top of the table waiting for me. Isn't and uh, see, yeah, just really, really good. I mean, I've shared this before, but my favorite is liver. Liver was always yeah. mine. Liver that's was a, mine. that's a close that's a close one yeah. too for me. I love I love yeah. Easter's figures. Yes, you know, mm. you know my yeah. my. Both my mom and my dad would make it for me. That was my my favorite dish that they would make yeah. for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I had siblings that couldn't stand the smell or anything, so they <laughs> could make it. And it would just be my mom, my dad, and myself eating it. So for me, that to me is like amazing. But I do remember them making the tongue also and braising it. But it would be tongue, heart. It would be like more than just the tongue. Gotcha, so it would gotcha. be like they're bits and pieces of all the, the rest of the, which, you know, I, I really do blame my dad sometimes for not eating things because he would scare me with it. And the oh, tongue yeah. was one of them. And, you know, he scared with, he scared uh, me with tentacles of octopus where, you know, <laughs> I'd go over and he'd put it like on me and I would scream and I would want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and then he did the same with the tongue. And it was like, oh, like putting it in front of me. So I wouldn't want anything to do with it. It's kind of, it, that's the thought I had in my head right now when you shared that story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that that's funny? funny. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. What do you not want to ever have? What's I your- was just going to, I was just going to ask that if you're into, you know, beef tongue and, and liver, <laughs> is there anything you won't eat? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I watch some of these, um, cooking traveling shows with Anthony Bourdain and stuff. And it's funny. I just watched a few today, this afternoon, today we're closed at the shop. It's when it's my only day off. So relaxing a little bit. And I've always been intrigued about this, uh, this, this um, boiled egg that is, is like, it's like part embryo. Oh, and, uh, oh the Filipino. Now, yeah. Yeah. The, the Filipino egg. And they also eat it in Cambodia and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> that that and squirmy bugs. Those kinds of things? No, yeah. I won't eat. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Oh. I don't blame you on that one. It's a bit gross. <laughs> but I'm sure that, you know, there must be something to it, though, because people do enjoy eating it. So, but uh, yeah, not for me. <laughs> now, and, I, go ahead, Angela. Go ahead, Maria. Uh, no, no, we're no. probably going to ask the same question, which is your question, but the the food memory question. Yeah. What is your um, so yeah first food memory? First food memory. Yes. Oh, first food memory. 
That's a good one. I guess the biggest food memory that has an impact on me would have to be, I don't know if this counts or not, but it would have to be like a traditional pig kill that um, I participated Mm -hmm. in um, at my grandfather's house in Santa Maria. Uh, We were, I think I was something like eight years old and, you know, we went for a visit to the Azores, to Santa Maria, and my grandfather had been raising this pig uh, for us um, so that we can celebrate uh, having the family all around. And we had a traditional pig feast. And and it brought a lot of, uh, you know, looking back, it brings a lot of, uh, you know, traditional family, cultural feelings. And it also... I think at that point it started to give me like the respect of what uh, it is to eat uh, an animal and utilizing the whole animal and really respecting that Mm -hmm. and just the traditions that went on that day. Right. You know, like my grandfather was the one that did the deed and, you know, my grandmothers were the one that was uh, stirring the blood as it comes out uh, for the sausage. And then when they, you know, they took the animal apart and they take the intestines down to the river and they clean them out. And those are the intestines you use for the sausage, like really, really like down to the roots of what my family is all about and our culture living in those islands. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it is truly a feast and celebration. I remember a few of them uh, when I was young, but now going back, it has changed, and there are very few that still celebrate that and still have or still raise pigs for their own consumption and, and to do all that. But I remember all the ladies with the kerchiefs in their heads and sitting around and chopping all of the different spices and the, the meats and, and then making the um, the torrejmes, uh, frying up the torrejmes branches. And then, and then after the, the lard that was used in making the bread with the, I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. And it really is a celebration. It's a, for sure. It truly is a celebration. It's also something you never forget hearing. Uh, yes, that absolutely. You'll never forget. <laughs> but it was all done. It's all done ceremonial. Um, For sure. And um, there is a ceremony to it, even though, you know, when we're young, we don't see it. But there's a specific way to do it so that it's done with respect to that animal and it's it's, sure. it's yeah absolutely now um obviously are, you're are you still very close family is important to you obviously yes it is yeah for sure yeah today is actually my my father's birthday <laughs> and oh, uh, happy birthday to yeah. him yeah yeah in a short little while we're uh we're going to be going over and uh, celebrating a little bit so now, one of the yeah. questions that also Angela and I love to ask, and that is, you know, what it means to be Portuguese to you. What does that mean to you? I, you know, for me, being Portuguese, what it means to me is um, it gives me a sense of belonging. I'm born and raised in Canada. I'm a first-generation Canadian. Uh, but I also look at uh, where I'm from, what my heritage is. And when I, I'm like super, super, super proud of the people that I come from. Um, I, it's just, it's hard to believe even just, I just look at my parents' generation mm-hmm. and the struggles that they would have had gone through as young people, many of them left on their own, like my parents left without their parents. And, mm-hmm. you know, they came, my mom was a teenager. Uh, my dad 
had just represented the uh, you know his country and was in Guinea in Ultramar and you know he he saw some crazy stuff over there in Africa and you know still had the strength and the conviction to have a better life and immigrate to Canada I just you know it boggles my mind I just think about these things and uh, I'm just super proud of uh, of that for sure well, you know, the, the great thing on that is that we carry on their legacy. Mm-hmm. And by doing what you do, you're continuing that story, aren't you? Yeah, you know, and that and that's when I was developing this concept, I needed it to have some other uh, meaning to it. You know, how was I going to do this, integrate, you know, who I am into my business venture, um, it, like I said before, it's a very important for me to uh, maintain these traditions, and it makes me very happy to know that, um, yeah, that I'm part of it. I'm part of maintaining these traditions, uh, growing it, keeping it strong. Uh, a lot of the people uh, that traditionally make malasadas or made malasadas are, you know, no longer with us. Our grandmothers, our great aunts. Uh, that in-home tradition is dying off, unfortunately. But yeah. if I can be part of maintaining that for people, yeah, it makes me very happy. We have these examples, uh, you know, show up at our shop all the time. We have our customers come in and say, you know, we have some customers come in and say, oh my God, thank God you guys are making these because I, I can't make these anymore at home. They take too much time. I just don't have time. <laughs> uh, sometimes they don't mm-hmm. turn out. But then I also have mm-hmm. the people that are, you know, it's it's amazing, but I do have people that are, you know, they come into my shop and they get all teary-eyed and they express, um, you know, their stories and their happiness that these traditions are being maintained. So, yeah, so I think we've hit a little bit of a nerve uh, with Absolutely. my concept because yeah. we are, we're, we're, we're maintaining this tradition and we're moving it forward into the future and we're creating new traditions. So... We have, like my generation, I have friends that show up with their kids and they're starting this tradition with their kids. I was even open on Christmas, Mm -hmm. even Christmas Day, to help people uh, create new memories and traditions with this wonderful ethnic product. Beautiful. That is just beautiful. and then on the on our side as the consumer, I really want people to listen to this because it's important. You're doing such great work, and so many other you know people who are doing restaurants and and other bakeries. You're working so hard to keep those traditions alive and keep the food right. And it's up to us to make sure we go and patronize your business. So, for example, you know, we, I could easily go to Starbucks to get a coffee, but I choose to go to one of the only local Portuguese uh, restaurant cafes in San Jose and get my coffee there and I'll have a snack as well. Like, yes, I still go to Starbucks because there's one near my house and stuff like that, but we have to consciously make an effort and hopefully it's not a hard effort. (laughs) Hopefully it's something that you enjoy doing, but people, these places aren't going to survive if we don't go to them and we don't spend our money buying the malasadas and buying the, the prestige and buying the coffee and buying whatever it is that they're selling because then when they don't exist then we cry about oh we don't That's have right. any portuguese things because here and oh here we like, go oh, come on people come That's on, right. you yeah. know and here like we go i always say it's you put your money put your money where your mouth is well, <laughs> exactly exactly i love to say when one succeeds, we all succeed. And that's sure. exactly you have to see it. Because exactly. I see your success, Steve, as my success. What I want is for you to be successful because that only shows and it just amplifies everything that we're all about. And that is hard work. That's love of family. That's love of who we are. It's that determination that that will that we have and that's all of it and that's all in that molasaba does that make sense mm-hmm. i mean oh, it, 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 involves, yeah. it, it that's it folks i mean in all that we do whatever that is that is that we do we just this is this is who we are this is yeah who we are. 
and yeah. introduce and introduce your friends to it. Take your coworkers to lunch over there and, and, you know, maybe buy a dozen of malasadas and take them to work to share with your coworkers. And, yeah. um, or if it's your turn to bring a dessert or a dish to a party, then go and buy a dozen of something Portuguese. You know what I mean? It's just like little things yeah. like that. For that sure. For sure. Absolutely. I think people need to be a little more conscious of, and yeah. I, I will say that I, I do see that more in, in our generations of maybe the younger generations, which is great. I also appreciate and love the fact that people are going, and even if the, the called verde isn't their mother's recipe, they're still going yeah. to enjoy it. And it's still, you know, matar a little bit, right? It, it kills exactly. that, uh, that saudade that you're like, Oh, I haven't had this in so long. It tastes so good. Right. So exactly. it's, it's you know, it, um, there's a little bit of that old school purist that still exists in our community. And I get it. It's kind of yes. like, <laughs> if you like, uh, if you like pure fadu or if you're okay with Marisa, right. I think, you know, yeah. is phenomenal and I'd still love to listen to her. And yeah, absolutely. The same thing with food. Yeah. I, I, I'm feel, I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we, you know, we've at the shop, we've been very fortunate because we do that, have that happen. We have, you know, it's funny. We have the non-Portuguese guy that comes in and he's like, yeah, my neighbor, I have a few neighbors that are Portuguese and I'm just over here. They don't know that I'm here, but I'm over here because I want to buy whatever they like to eat. I need to buy it because I want to I want to tell them <laughs> that there's this shop here in town if they don't know about it yet. That's cute. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then we have which is awesome and it makes me full of pride as well. Like we have the Portuguese uh, clientele that comes in with the non-Portuguese friends that are showing off my place, like as if it's their house, which is great. <laughs> right. Which is yeah. awesome. I don't, and it's funny cause I, it is a very small community, but every once in a while I don't know a certain person and they'll come in and it's like, we've known each other our whole lives and they're sharing my story and my product with their friends. Cause they're just so proud of being Portuguese and sharing their culture, right? Yeah, no, it's been it's been really, really, uh, really great. Uh, in seven short months, we've uh, gained some pretty loyal clientele. On Sundays, we're in a small uh, historical downtown core in Cambridge, and it's uh, you know Monday to Friday traditional business. On Saturdays, there is a farmer's market, but it's typically Monday to Friday business. Uh, after 5 p.m., nothing happens down there. Uh, mm-hmm. Sundays is a ghost town normally, except in the summertime, there are some festivals. But I guess what I'm getting at here is on Sundays, there really aren't many businesses open down there because there isn't that traffic flow and commerce going through. Um, but on Sundays, we have amazing business. People have made it a destination. So because nothing like this exists around here. Uh, we get mm-hmm. people driving an hour and an hour and a half. So we're in Cambridge and we get people coming from West London. We get people coming from Toronto. We get people coming from Brampton, Mississauga, Hamilton. It's been amazing. And everybody from a different town is saying, you should open up here. You should open up here. You should open up here. Yeah, so, yeah. You should start shipping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We have had people from actually San Jose that asked us if we would ship yes. our passion fruit donuts. <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been interesting for sure. And we do have a great following, like on our Instagram account uh, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, I think like fifty percent of our followers are from California and Hawaii. Nice. What is, yeah, what is your name on Instagram so people know to follow you for those that aren't following you now? Yeah. So we're, uh, the Instagram account is at Malasada World and it's M A L A S A D A World. Yep. Uh, and just, just a, qu- a quick comment on Hawaii. I don't know if, if any of you watch um, Hawaii 5 0 show. You know, they show up there every once in a while, don't they? The they Leonard do. They really do. And it's it's funny. Yeah. There was a whole there was like a five minute segment the, on the last episode that we watched where the guy was giving a lesson on how to dunk your malasada in the coffee and you don't double dip and you know all this kind of stuff. And it was just it's just cool because it clearly there the malasada has become such a part of that culture and like it's become a tourist destination, right? Rather absolutely, I mean, it's seen as Hawaiian, but then they get there and, and they read up on the history and it's Portuguese and stuff like that. But um, it's just very cool to see. So 
you know, you've got the nod to Hawaii. Maybe you should start tagging Hawaii Five O in your Malasada post as, as well. That's a good idea. That a, is a great idea. You know, pineapple Malasada. So, yeah. Mm. Well, just, I just uh, went onto your Instagram and I'm just looking onto your picture right now, and there it is, folks: apple crumble, passion fruit meringue. Oh my God, chocolate. <laughs> It looks, mm-hmm. it looks divine, Steve. It looks divine. Thank you. Thank you very much. We yes, work hard every I feel, day. <laughs> I feel like I need to plan a trip to Canada, like just to go there. Yes. <laughs> Everything else we do is, is, is bonus. We're going to go. Well, you never know. We could, uh, we could, uh, we could always work out and arrange a way to do a Malasada world pop-up in, in California. And then we can't forget That's about Maria in, in Boston. Let's well. do it. I'm so Let's. I'm I'm there to help you. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. I'm right there yes, with you. We will figure it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds well, and, and of course, of course, you know you have to productize your brand and everything. So there's a there's a cookbook in the future of yeah, you know, you 101 know. different ways to make a masada. I absolutely. I like it. Maria and I can brainstorm for days on on things you can do. We love yes. to do that. Kind of stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at the end of the day, that's what you know. That's what we need. We, like you said before, we just uh, unify and get together and help each other out yeah. and uh, spread the good news of uh, our Portuguese cuisine, which I've always found to be very, very fascinating, and mm-hmm. how. It just uh, reaches like all corners of uh, the planet because uh, the Portuguese cuisine has been uh, influenced by everyone, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I remember years ago, I I was a big fan of uh, Sever uh, magazine, cooking magazine, and they had a an article, and it rings very true. And it was basically saying that. Portuguese cuisine is the real fusion cuisine yes. and how we have so many different uh, yeah. influences around the world, like Japanese, Indian, Chinese, you name it. Like we are everywhere and it shows in our food. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because that is absolutely spot on. We are the original mm-hmm. fusion cooking. Absolutely. And I think, I think Marie, you've even said that before in one of our yes. past podcasts. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah it's and you know it's about time that it gets recognized more and more. Like we're out there, but it's like it's not it's not really recognized. You know, I keep saying to my friends, you know, you know, every town's got an Italian restaurant, has a Chinese restaurant, has exactly, a, you know, yep. but you know, how come we aren't more at the forefront as well and as a common name, right? And that's, yeah. honestly, that's what I'm trying to do. Malasada world is Malasada world, but it's the world of Malasada. <laughs> like, I know that this brand has, and this concept has potential to showcase even more of the Portuguese cuisine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, right now it's a very small format, small shop. I'm limited in what I can do, but it this concept can very well work itself into a small cafe, bistro, tashka kind of concept yep. where you introduce, yep. you know, traditional, simple, but great Portuguese food. That would be great. And I, you know what? You're going to do it, Steve. I know you are. Because... We, uh, we anticipate to, uh, to do good things. And if, if we don't have that vision, you just, you don't have anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, the the thing is, is Angela and I are always saying that on, you know, why, why aren't there more restaurants? Why aren't there more Portuguese this? Why aren't it? And I, we know, we know because we know of history that we were the world's discoverers of all these different parts of the world. I mean, we just discovered so much and Instead of us being the discoverers now, <laughs> it's almost like the world needs to rediscover us. Yes. It's yeah. like we, we, we were just this huge dynasty. We just were huge in what, we, what was part of Portugal. And it's almost like we became where people really don't know about us or as many people should mm-hmm. know about us. And it is. Yeah, I, no. I see that now. I see that at the time has come 
for us to be rediscovered by everyone across the world. It really is. Yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I, uh, I agree with you. And uh, I uh, just wanted to mention to you, Maria, that I think you're doing a great thing and also uh, helping to showcase and expose um, our cuisine and our culture. Um, I've had uh, similar visions and goals. I've seen over here in Canada, we have this uh, food celebrity. His name is uh, David Rocco, and he does uh, La Dolce Vita. And basically, you know, he travels to Italy and he films a cooking show and showcases it to the rest of the world. And I've often thought to myself, geez, how come nobody's done that in the Azores? How come I could be the I could be the David Rocco of of the Azores. I can be the Steve Chase. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I think that uh, these days are coming and it's just oh, yeah. about, it's just about, um, yeah, getting connected and, you know, it's having the passion happening. like we have and Absolutely. executing it. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it is happening. It is happening. Awesome. And I'm, uh, I'm real excited about it. And you know what? I, it'll be the start of many more. And that's what that's I awesome. want. You know, I Perfect. just like there's plenty of Italian cooking shows or plenty of, you know, uh, Latin cooking shows. There should be plenty of Portuguese cooking shows. I, I just I want, us to, I want us all to succeed. I want us all to succeed. And and I think if we all are in that same mindset of just pushing it and mm-hmm. we're stubborn people, you know, we can push <laughs> along. Uh, we're yep. hard workers and stubborn. I mean, uh, we can do this, folks. We can do this, and sure, um, sure. and I, and I, we will. We will. I have no doubt in my mind. We will. Yeah. Fantastic. But thank you so much for uh, you know this time has gone by very quickly. <laughs> like like they I all agree. do, right? And we can with every <laughs> single one. We can be like, oh wait, it's already been an hour. It's only been fifteen yeah, minutes. This- like, but it's like but it's like you ladies had mentioned earlier on. It's we're sitting around the table, table and we're chit chatting, and it could uh, yeah we could go on for days here. I'm sure. Especially if we had some of that days, Portuguese wine handy. Yes, we should. <laughs> when one of us gets up to visit, whether it's Maria or myself, whoever gets there first, we'll have to do a live from Malasa the World episode. Yeah, that would oh be great. Oh, God, that and, would be fantastic. And then you could actually be sitting at a table and, you know, I mean, it'd be cool if all three of us were there. Maybe we should coordinate that. We should. Yeah, I think we that. should, Angela. I think I we think need to so. I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be awesome. That'd be great. We would love to have you down at our shop. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be there, Steve. Yep. Well, we're super proud of you, Steve, for everything that you've accomplished. I hope that... Uh, I hope the people who are thinking about starting a business or thinking about starting a cafe or a restaurant or something kind of look to you and, and a lot of the other chefs and restaurateurs we've talked to and are inspired and encouraged and, and finally bite the bullet and say, yes, I'm going to do it instead of just thinking about it because you did it. I mean, that's the big difference, right? Between folks yeah. like you and, and other people who are just thinking about it their whole lives. It's like, you just do it. And it is a huge risk, but the payoffs and the rewards are so worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. 100%. I really agree with you, Angela. And uh, I just wanted to thank you as well for your time today and for your encouragement and for being who you are in our Portuguese community. Yeah, no, we are super proud of you and um, absolutely. Very we'll be following you and, and yeah, much continued success. I, I mean, I, maybe uh, you, uh, and if anybody has suggestions on flavors, you know, maybe an Ajoz Dos uh, filling could be one. I don't know. <laughs> There's a million things you could do, but I'm, I, I'm There's actually a million with things. Maria on the bacon one. I'm, I'm right there with her on that one. Yeah, that, now I'm thinking of the Ajoz Dos. I like that one, too. <laughs> I like There's tons of of, uh, possibilities, but um, no, but congratulations, Steve. We're super proud of you. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you, Steve, for taking the time and wish your dad a a happy birthday for us. Thank you. I will do. Thanks a lot, Angela. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate this. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, he's the nicest guy in the world. I'm so proud of what he's been able to pull together in such a short amount of time. It's amazing. Seven months. 
how amazing is it is amazing in seven months that he's making or and he is a success in his own in his own right with Malasadish. Yeah. I'm, and what a great about. what a great concept too of like just taking the simple Malasava and just blowing it out into so many different, you know what I mean? I mean, we've yep. seen like uh, some variations on the Pshtadnata where people are starting to do like chocolate or even like a pumpkin flavor, right. which is right. very cool. But man, he's really taken it to another level. I, and I can't wait. I cannot wait to go up to, I, I know that this year I'll be going to Canada. So I'm going to have to make sure that I make my way up there to, um, to actually be there and try it out because yeah, yeah. like, those pictures look amazing. Well, um, if you need someone to carry your bags, you let me know. <laughs> I think we need to do a road trip, Angela. I really think I, we I think that could be pretty awesome. I think we could figure that out. Let's do that. I, I, look, offline. We won't, we won't bore our listeners with the time. <laughs> but, uh, I think that sounds like an yeah, amazing, thanks. amazing idea. Yes, it is. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as Angela and I have uh, in learning an, about another amazing success story. I mean, it's the first one of the year and we've got lots in store and lots planned and it's going to be a great year. It's going to be, be an awesome year. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't subscribed people, what are you waiting for? Yeah, Hit the you subscribe button. Yeah. Come on, you know you like listening to us. You make you make you laugh. We make you cry. Come on, so all the above. I know. I know. All right, honey. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima! próxima.